Yeah. All right. So we're going back to I'm here with Darren. We had a little technical difficulty for a I moment. Um, I just want to say that I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a Putin sympathizer. Putin is bad. Putin is very bad. Putin. Right? I. Putin. He's bad. He's a, He's one of the worst. Though, right? He's one of the worst men to ever live. Is you know depending on where you're from. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have. There's a lot of bad guys out there. You have. Jong Un in North Korea. You have Xi in in China. He's a bad guy. I don't care what anybody says. China is not a place where I want to live or visit. <laughs> but in um um, what I what I say is like people of Russia. That's very split on if Putin's a bad guy and Putin's right. not. Well, because he's had he's had control of the political spectrum and control of the, all the political. <clears throat> Uh, the media like for example right now in russia you can't talk about anything negative about the invasion of ukraine and and they're sending peaceful protesters to jail for uh up to 15 years like that is that's what i say to the trumpers of the world who like authoritarianism is is that is that what they want in in their life is is that they want a government where one person makes the decisions and not a democracy where lots of people have a chance to put their input in and what we should do. Well, yeah, that's what <laughs> uh, the Republican agenda is. It's clearly unveiled its mask in showing that it wants to be authoritarian. Yeah. It has exactly. no it has no real like thought for itself. No. Republicans just are like brown people are bad. Like, we don't like them. Get out. <laughs> yeah. And, like, this guy told us, like, um, like religion's good, specifically Judeo-Christianity. Exactly. And, like... Um, gay people... Not gay people... Shouldn't have rights. Well, these days, they're like, gay people can have rights, but, you know, we're not going to, like... Celebrate them. Celebrate them. <laughs> and, like, now it's on to the more nuance of taking the gay gripe and taking it towards trans people. And Absolutely. Like, trans people shouldn't have like, people. anything. And shouldn't even are considered people that are sick. Yeah, saying that yeah. they're sick, and it's the same argument that went through like the the um, gay homosexual period when that was bad um, mm. with like Harvey Milk and stuff. They used the same argument. They just changed the the noun to it into being a new person mm -hmm. or a new identity. That's or whatever. a good point. It's like it's a very switcheroo with the yeah. thing. It's well, always the same message. And that's with the Republicans, like, and that's why they're doubling down on it now. They have to. They have to rely on the culture war. They yeah, have to. There's nothing more but to rely on culture they, war because they can't. They can't go by their policies. What? Because let's be real, Reaganomics. Trickle down the economics doesn't work and screws over the poor, and just oh, it just amasses income and wealth inequality. But, but not yeah, there's that obviously. Right, income inequality is a big but issue the, for me. The liberal agenda as well refers needs to rely on the cultural war itself. Like it's not the progressive movement with people like Elon Omar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, no. No, 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 no. But if we're talking about people who are in there where the cultural sure. war relies on being like like the liberal agenda, like um. 
being like, look who we've put in the places rather than actually implementing real for change. Sure, for sure. So the culture war is like, oh, like you shouldn't like these people. Oh, they're, well, they're implying, like they're doing these things. And it's like, look at us. Like we're doing the things you want and provoking more culture war, but it relies on it in a way that it needs it to feel capitalism mm -hmm. and it's like productive gains in the neoliberal mm -hmm. agenda. So if you, I, I campaigned for Bernie Sanders both times like knock doors <laughs> hardcore um for well one the for a few reasons one was the, is the income inequality in 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 america is is completely is completely out of control like so listen to some of these numbers the yeah the inequality is like out of control um the thing that i learned that recently was um people um um People of color and um, their net worth. Yeah. I don't know. Don't quote me on it, because I. Um, but I think what I heard was that their like net worth total, like the median, is fourteen hundred dollars. So and the in the income gap, like most Americans can barely even have. So this is as of two thousand and fourteen, and I promise you, it's only worse now. Um, this is from my social stratification course that I took in school. The top one percent owns 40% of all the wealth. The bottom 80% of all Americans only owns 7% of the wealth. The top 1% has tripled in the last 30 years. And we know that number is actually improved a lot. That's why I'm saying, that's what I'm saying. This is huge because when the pandemic happened, yeah. only the rich got rich. Amazon, yeah. Zuckerberg, uh, Facebook, um, Elon Musk, all those guys got rich. And no one else got to see it. Well, they were already rich, but like they're rich already. Just, but they just got think even about that. Rich. One, and, and this that's, is why I was for Bernie. Craig, so my, that's my brother Craig. We might have the same voice. Yeah, you guys. You're, you you talk a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> um, the it, that wasn't even done. <laughs> the the top one percent owns, and this is as of 2014. This is what it's gotten way worse since. Top the top one percent owns half of all stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Well, yeah, like, but one percent owns half of all stocks. Well, then when you have when you have um the GameStop, uh, the stocks bond, whatever yeah. was going on, they got upset when people started to grab autonomy over their stocks. Like you can't yeah. do that. And yeah, and they said it was a it was a crime against Wall Street. And then the bottom fifty percent of all the people in America, all the people, only own point five percent of all stocks. But yeah, like, <laughs> like this is any, this is, it's gross. How are we supposed to invest? Like, like, I'm supposed yeah. to like be like, okay. Well, you can't invest if you, you live in paycheck to paycheck. You can't invest and, when you live paycheck to paycheck, but you also yeah. can't invest when the, when the freaking stock itself, if you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get into Tesla or I'm going to get into Apple. Like all the ones are like a hundred thousand dollars, if not more, just to yeah. get a stock. Like the hell am I supposed to do? Am I supposed yeah. to go for a failed microwave business that's supposed to do it even quicker? Like I can't like. Like, I can't compete to that. Like they like get on Robin Hood, end up like you end up like putting your fucking wealth into bullshit. Like come on. Like yeah, I just bought a forty dollars stock in some weed investment startup company. I knows if the oil that they make is not going to be FDA approved soon. I'm just hoping oh my the God. FDA approved so those stocks go up. But like, like the majority of them, they all decline. So. 
I just put more stock into Sprint. It's been stagnant for over 20 years. <laughs> and they had to merge with T-Mobile to make the stock even boom like yeah. five pennies. I've had Sirius XM stock. I love it. Sirius XM is a great company. You would assume that they're in every single car in America so, now. So, Harlos, this is the argument I make to my conservative friends who like to come at me with, um, you know, oh, but you... you you don't know economics. Isn't that bad economics? That is horrible <laughs> economics. Like, I don't know. Economics. 1% of the people have 40% of the wealth. You're Bottom 80% have 7% of the wealth. Well, like, I like know, what I want to know with the Republican, like Republican friends, like I have Republican friends too. I do. Yeah. Like, it's this in like, um, they still live off this, like someday I'm going to get there. Yeah. And they don't own any, like I want to know their wealth network. My like, favorite, my know, favorite Republican friend. I want to know what stocks they have. Like, I don't know, maybe their parents have stocks and something. Yeah, like, but, I don't know their like, well, I don't know. I, what the fact of the matter is, is that 70% of people who own more than $10 million in this country inherited it. Yeah. That's <laughs> the disgusting thing my, that like it yeah. pays to die. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite Republican friend if that you can I have it. is, is that one guy who is like, oh, gas is high, <laughs> the economy is tanking, look at the stock market is going down. And then you ask him, like, how much you got invested in the stock market? He goes, nothing. <laughs> like, well, how why does that you affect you? It shouldn't, you shouldn't even care about it's that. Like, libertarian. Neither like or, it's about the same thing. Yeah, it is. Libertarian is the same thing, but... uh. Yeah, well, so economically, 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 libertarians believe idea, in gay marriage. This, and stuff. I, yeah, this idea um, that like there's not a wage issue. Obviously, like people should be able to like this is gonna sound like a total Marxist like, but like people who like, well, sounding Marxist these days makes is like yeah, rational. I mean, well, anyways, like yeah, I mean being more, I mean. Marxism, Marxism is only like the idea, like Karl Marx strived to end up making, he died broke for someone who knows so much about economics, but his whole idea is to make an, economical syst an economic system that benefits everyone in the way that it should work. Bingo. He spent his entire life doing that, which obviously didn't work, but like he was completely right on the autonomy. I was talking to your brother about this at work the having other day. The, having the autonomy of like the workers owning the means of production. So. It's not, it's not in inherent. Socialism. Economy. Socialism as an economic model alone doesn't work. Capitalism, free market capitalism, American capitalism as an economic model doesn't work. Well, the free market isn't free when the oligarchs control what's Absolutely. going on. So, like, but you, socialism you can't move any opinion in the free market now. Socialism as a supplement to capitalism works yes absolutely yeah. like yeah. you got to put some values and some principles in like yeah. i should have a god-given right to health care thank you and that's i should what... have a god-given right to an affordable wage yeah like what makes no sense is that i'm working 80 80 hours a week three jobs and i barely make forty thousand dollars it's crazy it's wanna... unreal it's crazy and if i want to have a life for my family and my kids like one day have kids and like have a wife and have a have house, a family sometime like, like no, the I, just average... wanna, I just want to say something real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Darren, yeah. you got the floor. Just work harder, Craig. You know, like, <laughs> if you just work so hard and maybe if you had a father that was extruding blood diamonds, you'd be able to afford a life of luxury. Maybe if you stole other people's ideas and just like bought out their companies and just like <laughs> become well and just like tell people what a savior you are in America and how to be loved 
with a hair transplant, which he refuses to acknowledge. <laughs> Wait, what? Should work hard. Yeah, yeah I know. I, him. I, I, I know. I just gotta work harder and steal everyone's ideas and never give credit to where where they're due because that's what geniuses do in you know, the United like, States. You know, Jeff Bezos. I, Jeff Bezos is a perfect example. Like you know, if I could only billionaires should not exist. If only it's I could inherit three hundred thousand dollars from my father. I only inherited PTSD. So, so let's hold on. Let's go to one issue. Let's because well, Craig, Craig, Craig brought this up, and I, and this is an issue that's important to me is is the healthcare thing. Like, I think it's an immoral society when you have people who have a terminal illness and they have to start a GoFundMe page in order oh, to pay for their medical it's bills. Criminally. I think it is just that it's disgusting to have to panhandle for your medical expenses. It is just to be like, listen, even for dental, any of that, it's just, it's disgusting. And it's something it's that, you know, we act like in America, it's something that like can't be done, but it is done. Yeah. Even if you just skim the top <laughs> yeah. of the military industrial complex, if you just skim the top of that to fund healthcare, you would get some. It, it, it shouldn't. I will. I will gladly. I already have to have money taken out of my goddamn paychecks yeah. just to fucking. I'm cussing on this podcast. It's okay. But just to fuck. <laughs> just don't. I cuss on this podcast too. Just, just not a lot. Just to. <laughs> just. I'm just all rolled up. Yeah, I love but it. But I want to bring it back eventually. But just to fucking um, uh, get healthcare privatized. You know, they're already taking money out of my paycheck. You might as well end taxes. Just. Include the damn thing and give me better health care. Like, well, it's not I mean, that hard. and I just want a system where, like, if you are sick, you it's really not complicated. Like, the world's really complicated, but this is just isn't complicated to me. It's, you should have a system where if you're sick and you need help and you need care, you get it. Like, like and that's is, it. This is what's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about the system. I'm 31 years old. Yeah. I've never had to use the healthcare system, knock on wood, because I've been healthy. <laughs> But I look at people who are out there my age, they work, they have to work part-time, they got kids, they've got health issues that just come out of the blue. Yeah, I'll, and, I'll just bring it here, I'll just bring it here. And they have to go to GoFundMe. I'm not from a very, like, I'm not from a very wealthy family, like, we're Me pretty either. much broke, like, my whole life. Paycheck, paycheck to paycheck. But, like, stuff. recently, like, I'll say it, I don't care, it, my sister was diagnosed with um, aculobascular leukemia, which is cancer. And the, her medical bills were insane. Like her stay in the hospital I don't even want to know was ninety thousand dollars. Make me go just crazy. For, just for uh, <laughs> I think thirty days in the hospital, it was like over ninety thousand dollars. Some of those GoFundMe's I see, you know, from and people like, I don't know like, and from people I know, it's I'm like oh, get a GoFundMe to like pay for travel. Yeah, it's like, it's like oh, I have leukemia, like, I need help. Oh, I have a a preemie baby without without medical bills, yeah, I need help. Yeah. I'm having I have a brain tumor and i don't so have health I, insurance I, I, like my kidney why like my kidney it's gross failing. like i don't know it's yeah. absolutely it's, atrocious that we can't help but they need to meet people and yeah. even then like even sometimes like people don't have enough to meet their deductible so like some of those gofundmes is to just meet the deductible yeah exactly they need to get twenty five hundred dollars just so the insurance won't they won't drown in deductible bills yeah like they i have I mean, I've paid for anxiety issues, and I pay a ridiculous amount of money when I have a panic attack, and I end up at mm -hmm. the at the 
freaking hospital. I just end up paying it one by one, but like I never reach my deductible. When no. I do, I still can't afford it. Because they're ridiculous. When I broke my wrist, I couldn't even afford the deductible. I was like, I'll just oh. pay you an increase. But they're just gonna pay you, they're just gonna charge you more in taxes. <laughs> yeah, like, but if you say, you'll save money. Like you'll save- I'll you'll be honest, yeah. I, what I'm making in taxes right now as a single male, like, and I'm working $40,000, I commute and I do all of that. You could take that money right out of my taxes but and put I, it in my health care immediately. Because it doesn't make a big difference what I'm making. This is like very ADD, but we don't know how socialism really works because America itself has destroyed every lack of economy that relies on it. And that's what we do as a country. Yeah. So we can be like, look, it doesn't work. So we keep feeding the fuel of capitalism. So, so I don't think... So I call myself a democratic socialist. I don't think that... Everybody, sh- the wealth should be evenly distributed through everybody. No, I think that you know what I mean. A, I don't. There has to be idea. some meritocracy. Yeah, I, there needs. But to- I, I do think that wages need to be adequate, especially towards inf- inflation, and and that um, things like healthcare and college education should be free, and within within reason, like. Like, I mean, college education, like if you can go to a public school, state school, that should be inclusive. But if you're going to pay and go to like a private Catholic, like Boston College Fair. or things like that, Fair if point. you want to call yourself a private school and a quote yeah. unquote better education, yeah, I mean, then, and then charge what you want. Private education is private education. But if you're going to be a public institution and accept state funded money, well, then you need to be free to the public. Like we should be able to have and while, free education for everyone to grow. And while I don't think... That everybody should make the same. I think that the income and wealth inequality in America is absolutely insane. I mean, they need to pay when they are like, oh, and that the rich pay. don't pay taxes, and the yeah. corporations don't pay taxes, and that the percentage that they should well, actually, corporations don't pay taxes at all, and the rich don't pay taxes in anywhere near the proportion well, that they no, should. Because they put and their money in it, screws they, over the middle class they put and the churches and the churches. They don't pay nothing. But, yeah, we should. <laughs> the churches pay zero. Every church in the in the in the country pays it's zero. Unbelievable! The things that are making money, <laughs> yeah, don't pay any yeah. taxes. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah, like, go into a church and they're like, "Why do you need money?" The rich when all the money's in assets. Well, and then when you know when Bernie Sanders talks about how rich how the one percent dashes their money in the Cayman Islands, that's real. There, well, know, there but, is there is a apartment building with over eighteen thousand tenants well, in the Cayman it, Islands it because it's on, it not a real place. On, it doesn't go on just here in America. It's not like American. There's other people um, that oh stack. for sure. There's um a bank in brings me back to Putin. There's a bank. Yeah, we get back to Putin. <laughs> yeah. There's a bank in the Dakotas yeah. that allow like other like they don't do anything financially for. people people and um uh for other countries where they don't get taxed here so there's tax havens here in america itself as well I oh think, for sure i think i think it's self the system is is there to benefit the rich yeah it's just, <laughs> it's just the wealthy it's, it's unreal like the it's, idea like the, george carlin said it's a big club and you're not in it no one no <laughs> one's gonna get in it like it's yeah. like this idea to keep working hard you'll get in the club like man, you're not getting, to knock on unless you're born into it in the right family you're not getting in God, I like <laughs> i i think about like just housing in america like mm-hmm. if i Asked Matt right now, is there more houses in America or homeless people in America? There's more homeless people. There's more. more no, I'm sorry, I was I was wrong. Yeah, there's more yeah. houses in houses. America. You know, yeah, 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 but yeah. a house, an average home when I was born in 1990 was about I think two 
175,000. There's about 500,000 homeless people in America. Like, like there's enough homes in this country to actually give rooms to homeless people. But when you look at the cost of a house right now, like when I was a kid, when I was born, I think the number was 250,000. A minimum wage was 725. Over 30 years, the interest would make it like 400,000. Now you're looking at like a single family home at about 350, 400,000. Like th- this idea of creating rich, this rags to riches story is just recycling the American dream because mm-hmm. it, uh, like ideally this country to feel capitalism is to keep the working man in debt. It's just to keep him down to keep paying residual well, yeah, and of Bill interest Clinton. and all <laughs> these. Did you say because of Bill Clinton? Yeah, yeah. my, yeah. my brother changed the whole. Bill so the Bill Clinton changed the whole thing to be credit based. You're not wrong. No, that's what he did. Like, yeah, that's what he did. And then like in his welfare reform. Like, well, yeah, yeah, he changed everything to just be all credit based, and it caused a lot of fucking turmoil. Like, a and a lot, lot of inequality. Tra- a lot of inequality. A lot of fucking turmoil when it came to the middle class, if not lower middle class, where they were starting to unplug their phones and having to wait for the debt collector to come and a lot of people lost their homes and that's eventually what lost why 2008 housing collapse happened so all right we have 18 minutes because at eight o'clock we are gonna go watch we're watching wrestling let's not wrestling's on boys and it's no more politics it's only wrestling so i actually want to talk about wrestling okay because i actually haven't talked about wrestling on this podcast we can do wrestling and i we might this might be a spoiler it's not spoilers if it's facts matt bean and i may be putting out a wrestling podcast this is breaking news like this is news (laughs) that is being shaking the world we should do that this was just talked about at the table at this moment that there's going to be a, a wrestling, wrestling podcast with Matt Bean, Darren Harlow, telling you about how wrestling is, what it's like, and how is it going to be in the future. Oh, man. Well, where do we start? Because there's a, in my view... If this goes well, we'll start that podcast. Yeah. In my view, there's a a war going on in professional wrestling right now. Wow. What war is that, Matt? Um, I, think, I think AEW's coming for Vince, and I think it's about time. Um, I think things give it a run for her money. Um, yeah. Tony Khan is. Um, I don't definitely love Tony Khan. I don't like. I, I don't like Tony. What Khan. I like about Tony Khan in comparison to Vince McMahon is that at least he's not a dictator and doesn't and for the most part and lets them be in control of their storylines. Yeah, and, what I like about Tony Khan is that he he lets them control stuff, but. There's some stuff. Uh, let's just get off the landscape of Tony and Vince. We could do that some other time. All right. But um, I think yeah, I think it's great to have competition right now. I think yeah. you know WWE is very aware of like what's lacking in their product, and until they move away from guys. Pat like- McAfee has a match at WrestleMania, and Seth Rollins doesn't. Yeah, I mean the guy who was a punter for the Indianapolis Colts has a wrestling match, and so does Logan Paul at WrestleMania, and so does Johnny Knoxville. Well, Johnny Knoxville, we can let's throw Johnny in there. He's he deserves a title match. Johnny Knoxville deserves a chance to wrestle at I, WrestleMania. I like, I like if the, Mr. T I, okay, could. I'll just throw it out here. Okay. Johnny can. I like that. There's been Johnny Knoxville gets a pass because they've been building it since Royal Rumble. Sure. So let's get it's it actually a pass. built it's up. It's been been built up. You know, yeah. like Johnny Knoxville and then Sami Zayn, and they've been they've been arguing. It's been great. I love Sami Zayn. I think he's, I, I think love, he's entertaining as hell. And there's, <laughs> and there's that Instagram beef when I hop on to like you know 
Sammy Zayn's Instagram. And he's all of a sudden like at the Jackass premiere and yeah. he's getting thrown out. There's and then, just great social media build to this. It's gonna be fun. I think it'll be cool. Like that's fine, but like the Seth Rollins hasn't had a match, and that's I don't know what they're gonna do. I just he doesn't have anybody to face. Like, it, well, we don't know because I guess Kevin Owens is gonna face or do something with Stone Cold. I don't think that's gonna happen. I don't. Well, they're so saying they're saying it was supposed to be a match, and now Stone Cold saying it might be a can. five minute set. And like, now they might just do like a nice thing. It's like, like a the, segment. It might do like uh, the Rock versus Eric Rowan, which absolutely yeah. killed Eric Rowan's career. But then when you switch gears and you go to AEW, and you have like the listen. I have, and I'm, I'm biased. I'll say I'm a CM Punk. He's my well, guy. I love, I love CM Punk. I love Brian Danielson. I love Brian Danielson too. Like, They're my uh, Punk's those, my favorite of all are, time. Brian's are, my second. Those so. are the guys that got me back into wrestling after yeah. like Edge retired. And yeah, things started to get PG. And, and like, and like Brian, Brian Danielson on WWE TV, and I wasn't familiar. I don't with know. And Punk's stuff. thing, his thing, always was, you know, I want to make wrestling fun again. And AEW, while it has its shortcomings and there's nothing, it feels fun again. Yeah, AEW, you know, AEW, like, <laughs> when they do it right, it's great. Like, yeah. like the CM Punk MJF stuff. Oh my great. god! And I've been, I've been to the events. It's crazy. It's like a yeah. giant party when I went to yeah, Boston. Exactly. And like, it's like the Attitude Era. Yeah, it's like a giant party. It's a, and and you know, fair to say, like it's a fucking large scale indie event. Yeah, and well, it's fun. Ex- and except. When you're looking at professional, so you look at the card, and I know Mania is a month away or like three weeks away, so you don't have the full card yet. But you look at the card for Mania, and then you look at the card for Revolution tonight. Like you have Punk and MJF dog collar match. I've never watched a dog collar match. You like Brody Lee versus. Um, I didn't see that. Uh, you seen the old ones with like? Uh, but Piper. Piper was yeah. one there. They're intense. Yeah, and and you know Moxley, John Moxley, who I'm a big fan of, and Brian Danielson, they'll bring they'll bring the house down. Anything they with, will. Uh, anything with Brian Danielson will bring down the house. Moxley, he's phenomenal. Like Moxley, he, he's, he's the, the best day. wrestler in the world. He may opinion, be the greatest wrestler of all time. Of all time, I think, you can I put him in that category as yeah. top ten of all time. I, agree. I think he's up there with Bret Hart. Danielson, like he's yeah. phenomenal. He should, like, he's his technician ability, and an, and even he could take the most green person. And yeah, them. and make it. Make he could take the like the least the least the least technical gifted wrestler in the industry and put on an entertaining match and, with and that make person. Make it look phenomenal. Like at yeah. the end of the day, he even when he was injured, even when he was injured in he, WWE, he's just yeah. a guy who like, can transform. He transformed the sport and he's yeah. math technical. He you can tell he loves. Wrestling. Well, he needs at, it. Right. When you yeah, look he at the card it. and what Tony Khan does is like he lets the, them plan out. I mean, he lets them plan out their matches, and the matches like look like actual wrestling. Like and, it, like, and some of it's they've been built. It's now some March. It's now March, and they've been building the Punk MJF feud yeah, like, since November. And, like you know, how often do you get that in WWE? When WWE says <laughs> short long-term storytelling, it doesn't work these days. Like AEW is definitely proving them wrong. Yeah, like absolutely. there is a lot of investment I have. There's a lot of investment I have in WWE that I love. Like I like there's guys that oh, I like in for WWE. Sure. I love there's a lot of guys I like. I love Edge, I love AJ Styles, Kevin Owens. I'm excited for that match. That match we like the same guys, man. Like Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Rollins. I like Roman I love, now. I, love, I think what Roman's doing now is really good. I think they pulled really the trigger but. 
on roll on on Roman to be good, but like there was the time where it was just being shoved down your throat. Absolutely, like, that definitely like, happened. You're like, oh, you're just gonna take his streak, like Undertaker's streak. Like, come on, like yeah. after he lost, it's like we all know they're gonna shove. I definitely, I'm, I don't and like I'm, Brock Lesnar. It is getting so. stale. I, I like what they're doing with Roman now, but it is getting stale. And the problem with WWE right now is they don't have any promising challengers for for they don't build their stars up it's literally you feed them to the top guy and then mm-hmm. back down the card yard mm-hmm. like, like who's gonna roman's face who's he if he beats rock like who what we have who's to he gonna year for the rock i mean aj styles like i mean we could maybe. get seth rollins but he just got he, they just had a match he just, he got, he but, which was fire by the way great except for the great ending match, good yeah. <laughs> and then all yeah. of a sudden the ending was Awful. Yeah. And he goes to <laughs> the they, bottom of the card again. Yeah. Do, now he doesn't even have a match at WrestleMania. All they do like, is they feed. One of the most talented guys in the company, in my same opinion. With, same with Raw. <laughs> like when Lesnar is on Raw, like you have your Bobby Lashley, who is great, you know? Yeah. Like, I've, Lashley deserves it. Lashley is great. I mean, what he's doing in WWE, like they could elevate it. They could make it more like his impact run, which is phenomenal. Yeah. His impact stuff was great. I mean, it's. The, the the character buildup has been so lackluster in that like you, it's yeah. hard to get involved in WWE and, and then the five minute matches like the, yeah. the like the end like the, my gri- I'll give you my gripes of what like the the 10 15 minute entrance for both guys yeah. and then the five minute match if you're lucky you're like, like okay like, how do how do you like sorry, but WWE how do you get somebody like Samoa Joe and screw that up. Yeah, how do you... How do you get somebody... You, like... Wait, Keith Lee, and, he, and screw that up. You have a guy that... Like, like Alistair Black, and screw that up. Well, like, you know, I I really think that the... I don't know, um... I don't know the insides and outs and stuff, but I'm sure a lot of the people that isn't... Like, it's not Vince, it's his, his yes-men. Yeah. And if they have a gripe with... Well, I think there's like I'll say on this podcast I hate Vince McMahon I think he's a piece of shit yeah and so politically we don't align I think he's an awful if you want to learn yeah, if you he's, wanna learn he's about, a thug bro you want to know <laughs> if you want to learn about politics just like look at Vince McMahon like Vince McMahon is like he is like what a monopoly is it, I, I don't know how you can run a company and these guys, even though it's not real, but they're still jumping off ladders, hitting each other with steel chairs, um, fighting. And I, I always say it is real. It's scripted. There's a difference. The winners are predetermined, but they're, they're real people doing these really crazy things that are like really dangerous. Putting, putting, getting thumbtacks shoved in your back, getting speared through a table through f- with fire on it. like Falling from a ladder, hanging <laughs> from a belt, getting speared from like, a oh, belt. Hey, and by the way, I'm not going to give you health insurance. Well, they- <laughs> how about, how about no, all the head injuries on, from jumping on. from the turnbuckle onto hey, another person? Yeah. Correction, Tony oh, Khan does the same thing. There is no healthcare in AEW. It's better though. It's it's they still pay. There is no healthcare in AEW. They don't. They only certain people, which are the EVP, so the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes. We don't know what he's up to. Yeah, but, that's um, a different story. You know, like they all have health. He might show. They pay for medical expenses inside the ring. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, Tony which is Tom more than Vince does. Tony Khan will reach out <laughs> and be like, "Hey, these are my personal doctors. Like, yeah. they'll help you or whatever." But um, 
Yeah, I mean Vince McMahon. I mean there is a there but there's a deep more. history of Vince McMahon doing. Yeah, Vince there's a ton of shit. That's a whole podcast. That's a whole podcast. <laughs> we'll, we should do a whole podcast a, just about Vince. Yeah, we could do a Vince McMahon thing. Maybe we can teach you a bit about economics and Vince McMahon <laughs> and like what monopolies do to the business. Um, <laughs> but. I'm pumped for for tonight. Tonight, like, Revolution should be great. Should first we, off, let's talk about we, CM. The, can we talk about CM Punk? Can we just go through the cards real quick? Yeah, we can. Absolutely. All right. Um, all right. Talk about CM Punk. So well, it's just his, his return to wrestling. So I was one of those people that, like, when Punk left in 2014 and, like, I read it on my phone, I was, like, crying because I love this guy so much. Like, I don't know what it is. He, he speaks his mind. He aligns. He's got an anti-authority, you know, which is, I'm, I'm kind of like that, like that, too. But when he came back to professional wrestling, it was a, it was a, it was a moment that I haven't felt in a long time. I felt excited. It was like, yeah. wow, they, a, w, it happened. A, w, he always said he wasn't coming back. Like he was done, but there was enough money. There was enough yeah. money. That well, he happen. said he, to be fair, punk did say he's not coming last back unless somebody throws a boatload of money at me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, and, he did say that. And you know, I think his run's been fun. Like stuff. It has punk been has fun. Been, the MJF the punk MJF stuff, stuff has been like, we were brilliant. getting kind of leaned in. I was like, always, oh, he's, he's like, I mean, Bobby Fish and him when I was in Boston, I watched that one. Fucking love Bobby Fish. Punk made it even better. You had that old. You had do, WWE. Do you think MJF goes over to it? Um, I want MJF to go over. I, I, I'm I'm all on the MJF train. Like, yeah, I mean, he's, he's awesome. The, the, he's the heel you I want. want yeah. I want MJF to like. I want MJF to go over because the damage of Jericho did not help him. Yeah. And um, he needs this win. MJF, I'm pulling for him. He needs this win. I, and I think Punk will come back for the third. If not, I mean, I'm sure Punk will put MJF well, over I mean, no matter what. I think Punk wants to put MJF over. But, I think, um, I think he, even, just even, if Punk, yeah. even if Punk um, gets the win, but they figure out a way to keep MJF like, like he's going. For, I feel like MJF, especially if he beats Punk, is going for the title. I would expect. I yeah. would want him. To, I would actually like to see the chase happen where MJF beats Punk. Yeah. And maybe he takes up whoever's the champion tonight. He. I think. I think. Belt. I and want Cole to get, win, but I think Adam Page is going to. But then we get Punk retain. versus. Well, then we get Punk versus MJF championship. I want that. <laughs> that would be the like the keep him away for a little bit, let it cool down, and yeah. then like you know. CM Punk's like All right, so let's go go through the card for tonight right, and then so we gotta watch we got the show. <laughs> Hangman Page versus Adam Cole. Yeah. Um, I'm going in on Adam Cole, Bay Bay. I love, I like Adam let's, Cole, but I think I think go. they're gonna keep the title on Hangman. I think they'll keep the title on yeah. Hangman. I mean, yeah. Adam Cole's run right now in AEW hasn't been that great, but we'll keep watching. I like what Adam happens. Cole. I think I he's, love I love him. I just think um, yeah. they've just been feeding him jobbers. Yeah, he should be going against like actual opponents fair like that's like but you know they're starting to get a roster so we'll see what happens cm punk versus mjf i want mjf to go over i don't know what's gonna happen though i could see them having punk win Brit, we have the doctor Britt baker d v- she's gonna win d versus thunder rosa i'm, I'm going i want to take Britt baker i want to go with thunder rosa I'm i feel thunder, i think brit's i think sprit's champion reign's done you it's, do it, i think if we go rosa and we have a new era it's getting now. a little stale Personally, I feel yeah, like yeah, I, I, I well, then they can keep the feud going, right? They can, yeah, they can keep either it keep going. the feud going or we could start getting because previously we had um, we didn't get Rosa versus uh, Ruby Soho. I love Ruby Soho. Oh, I love her too. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
Uh, but we, we could get Rosa versus Ruby Soho, and that would be a great match. What's next, Darren? And then we have Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow, Christian Cage, and the Face of the Revolution ladder match. Well, when's, when's Wardlow going to turn? Um, it should be. They've been teasing it for like two years now. It should be soon. I know. And I if he wins that match, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're gonna give Keith, Keith Lee just join the company, so I don't think they're gonna give it to. Him. I, I, I would feel, like to see Keith Lee get it, but it's hard. For I like Keith. Lee. I, I just I don't can't just come in and win. Like, no, I think no, it's very tough at that. And I feel like AEW he's has proven, he's proven indie wrestler, proven guy, yeah. even at NXT was proven. Um, so he can come in and win it. I, I, I want to go Wardlow. I don't think I don't think Keith Lee. Like I love Keith Lee. I just Me too. it's hard to have like um three heavy guys. Yeah. Like big guy like powerhouse powerhouses in yeah. a ladder match because like ladder matches are fucking terrifying to climb twelve feet and be a big guy. Like I can't um, imagine Keith Lee, but you know, I actually uh, Christian Cage is definitely the guy who's gonna keep it organized. Like yeah, he's there's a, a reason he's the general. Like, he's there's, the general. There's a reason like if I'm gonna choose I a think, winner in this match. Um, I'm gonna go with an upset, Actually, but a veteran, and I'm going Christian Cage. I think you know Christian's what? gonna. You know what? As much as I win. would like to like think about Keith Lee, Ricky Starks. Yeah. And then he goes against Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Sammy I like. I like. And he takes the belt off him, and then Keith Lee does the chase. So we're. Pick, I pick it. I think Warlow wins. Warlow. I'm going yeah. Christian Cage. Give and him I a mean, push. I know. That I'm, I'm asking for a lot here. Yeah. I know in the long term of things, right, like it's got, just kind got, of a squash. We got to get point. going. So Jungle Express, Red Dragon, and the Young Bucks. I want Red Dragon. <sighs> I think Jungle Express is gonna lose. Oh, fucking. Dino I've got the Young Bucks taking this. Well, Dino Douche can't wrestle, so I'm gonna go Young Bucks too. Well, young well, yeah. Let's yeah. hope that none of them break an arm. Yeah. <laughs> Dino Douche cannot wrestle. He's um, awful. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston. Eddie Kingston taking this one. Jericho. Jericho needs to put Eddie Kingston over. He's yeah, got he, to. Jericho's, Jericho's old. Put, Jericho doesn't put anyone over in AEW. He, he made Max look terrible. What's Eddie Kingston win? And you know what? I'll fantasy book it. Let's just say like Jericho like loses, right? And Kingston wins, right? Yeah. So he goes to shake Kingston's hand. Like he says he's going to shake his hand. But instead, Jericho turns heel and beats the shit out of Eddie Kingston. Could happen. And then Proud and Powerful comes out and stops Jericho setting up LA, the new LAX, which would be great. So we have Jade Cargill versus Tay Conti. Cargill's I think Jade's, Jade's going over. Yeah. You, who you got? Jade? Yes. Jade, Jade Cargill's going to keep that title. Yeah, there. she's it, not going to. She just won It's not believable that Tay Conti can beat Jade Cargill. She's, she's going to keep this Conti, It's believable Tay Conti could actually I'm, beat I'm telling you right now. Like Jade Cargill is going to keep this up. Right, we got two more minutes alive. for time's clocking down before the revolution begins. Um, <laughs> we have John Moxley versus Brian Dan. I don't know. I, 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 would, I, I think Brian probably is going to win, but we'll see. I'm gonna go Moxley. Yeah, he says he wants to get in the ring. And you think they're gonna have Brian lose again after they just had him lose to Hangman? Well, he's I think been he, winning on Dynamite, so yeah, he's, he's gonna lose. Out. He's gonna lose and to Brian, Moxley. But they're Brian, gonna form a Brian, I hope they do. If Brian, t- that's what I want. Imagine, yeah. if, imagine if they like. Okay, this is just like Mark booking right now. But imagine like in like the um, uh, Moxley. Um, like wins and they 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 recruit Cesaro. Oh jeez. <laughs> get Claudio. In he there. just got released. All right. Um, and we have uh, A H O F F O whatever Andrade, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy versus Darby, Sting, and Sammy Guevara. Uh, I'm picking. I'm picking Darby. I'm gonna. I'm going. To, I'm going with the. Um, that match is probably I'm going on with right Sting now. Sting and Darby. Yeah, it's yeah. probably on right now. It's yeah. the clock. So guys, 
Well, I hope you've enjoyed listening. This is uh, all over the place, but I'm glad you guys get to hear some. This is a podcast stuff. episode for ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, a, have a great night. That, it's gonna end this episode of Musings with Matt. If you made it through to the end, like, wow. I say the word All right, we're recording. <laughs> we're recording. Oh, my bad. We are in a side conversation. Yeah. How are you doing today, Matt Bean? Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. I just don't know where to start. Like, I've been thinking about this podcast, and I'm like, so I have now I have both of them. Okay. <laughs> and I there's politics, and then there's coaching, and then there's well, we'll start with me and Craig and coaching. Because yeah. because that's your passion about yeah, that. Yeah, coaching. Coaching has been a, a an accident piece for me. So if you guys an accident piece, like if you guys don't know who I am, I'm Craig Harlow. I coach over at Fall Mountain. I coached at Claremont Middle School. I've coached Claremont Rec. Right now, I coach AAU over at Cap City. I'm all over New Hampshire coaching basketball. We're right in the grind. That's true. In, in the start of things, you know, a lot of people don't understand how much time and effort I've put into coaching. And I know Matt himself is a football coach. It's all about the work you do after your Eight season. Eight years now. <laughs> it's, it's never about the work you're putting no. in during the season. It's about how you're going to get better to mm-hmm. get these kids better the following year. Can I learn something new? So it's mm-hmm. a grind. Going to, going to clinics. Um, constantly, I constantly have, I have feeds of football, just clinic videos that just feed my email. And anytime I see one, I just, I put it on more than I need to do with my college stuff and like my school stuff and make sure that like that's in my rotation. Um, and like, I got, it's March and I'm going to be at the school tomorrow morning for football lifting. Cause like, if you don't do the extra stuff, you're not going to win championships and you're not going to. You're not going to succeed, or your players aren't going to succeed. And and that's the grind right there. Yeah. Like if you're unwilling to adapt and get better, your players are going to not want to adapt and get better. When you show that you're trying to improve as a coach, they are going to go the extra mile in the off season to get better. Whether it's through AAU, signing up mm-hmm. for camps and clinics. Um, I'm coming off a phenomenal year. I went one and eleven last year at right. Mountain. He had a big turnaround. Got my butt whooped a lot. Like people don't understand, ninety five percent of these games at the high school level for me is getting my butt whooped. But it's like, yeah. what can we take from that and learn? How can we learn from those losing experiences and, and push kids to accept not losing and lo- and losing with dignity, but not yeah. not lose and how to become better and how to put the work in. I know? put a post up today um, about how sports is the perfect because it teaches you so many different things it teaches you teamwork it teaches you how to deal with adversity it teaches you how to grow from failure it teaches you how to win well teach you how to lose well in all things that you need in different aspects of life it's the it's the seller for kids to learn skills that they don't get in a classroom and me and you both work in that's a great way to put it and there's just some things that you don't get in a classroom into sure. the curriculum um being, yeah. a, being a paraprofessional yeah. and working as an athletic director up at unity like i've learned a lot of different things through sports and things that sure. kids are going to take for life lifelong lessons um especially I, at that age at the age like when you're your brain isn't cognitively able to store information as well. Like sports are that much more important because you get those experiences that you do remember. And I look at it as as those opportunities where you can figure out how to get better at something. You need to lose at life. In order to succeed and win in, in this game of life, you have to take your losses, but it's what you can do, how to take that adversity. Like one in 11 last year was, was you know, it, it was hard. Um, I had told them the next year ago, we got 14 kids here who can play basketball. We just got a tough schedule. 
And when you go one and 11, it's hard to retain all 14 kids. We, right. we ended up getting nine of them back and went 14 and four this year as a huge turnaround. And our offense was like 64 points, but I knew every day that those kids were out working and they were grinding. And all I asked out of them was 15, 20 minutes of dribbling drills. If I'm out coaching every day on the AAU circuit and every day I'm out looking on my phone, on Instagram, skill videos, training videos, clinic videos, everything, X and everything. videos, all of raw, it, fast model, like everything. I'm I got, I got a hundred, I got a hundred sheets of just football schemes, defensive, just defensive schemes. Cause that's all I, I'm not an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, special teams. So like I have like a hundred pages of defensive schemes sitting in my drawer over there from clinics and stuff, because there's just so many different ways. And I'm sure it's the same way with basketball. There's so many different ways to attack. There's so many different ways to defend. There's so many different ways that you can stop somebody in so many different ways that they can beat you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the best advices I ever got was, um, I used to be a defensive coach. I'd always yeah. critique myself as a great defensive coach and, and I still am, but I met a coach, um, he'd coached for almost like 50 years in the state of New Hampshire, legend in, in the state. And he always told me, make sure your offense, make sure your offense is a little bigger than those defenses. Yeah. And I took that for granted. And I've yeah. just been able to get great coaching role models in the mm -hmm. state of New Hampshire. Uh, I fair. Think, me too. I think having good role models Definitely. and people you can just reach out to, even if it's- I'll send a shout a out to Paul Silva right now. <laughs> he's, I know, that, that guy's a legend. He's my, he, so I was in Newport for 2014, 20 years old. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to coach. I knew I wanted to do that. Um, and I was at the middle school in 2013, went to Newport in 2014. And then Coach Paul hit me up and was like, yo, we need to get you on the, we need to get you on the Steven staff as a paid coach because I was volunteering when I first started, which is what you have to do. You have to pay, pay your dues and stuff. But like, um, so I've just, and just the lessons him being a, he is able to merge all the knowledge he has about the game and all the knowledge he has about life and be able to merge it together. And I think that's key. That's just a good coach right there. That's, that's how you get a championship caliber coach. Yeah. <laughs> you get a guy who's going to bring the best out of everyone. Mm -hmm. I think that that type of model leadership is how you transform programs, how you transform people, how you make young adults come back and have memorable time. Mm -hmm. And I think it's great that us young guys in this coaching profession are out trying to inspire other kids. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's like a volunteer piece. Mm -hmm. um, coaching for me was different. What people don't really understand yeah, is that I was on my way to Central Michigan University. Um, when I got out of Plymouth State, all I cared about was going to Central Michigan University. All I cared about was CMU. I was gonna be a student at Central Michigan. My friend, Chris LeClaire, he signed me up to coach youth basketball at, at the community center. And I was like, <laughs> come on, man. Like youth basketball, like I, kids these days, parents these days, just too much. We can talk man. about all that. That's I'm not. That's a that's a different conversation. That's a yeah. I'm like I'm not looking to coach kids and parents these but, days. You know they they said we're struggling and it's one hour a week, a couple games. Go coach. And that first year we went like one and 11. We weren't that great, yeah. but we got better and we hung in with a lot of the teams we played. I remember every one of those kids on that team too. Um, they're students of Steven. Some of them go to Windsor now. Um, some of them even live out of state, but I remember that team and we struggled. And the next year, you know, I couldn't get to grad school. And, yeah. and life hands, hands you those adversities. 
but I still enjoyed coaching and I tried to keep five or six of those kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, we added the best kid in the league on that team, added another kid who was a pure shooter. Um, I'd like to shout them out, but I know they're still students at the school. Yeah, so but don't do that. It's super hard to, yeah. hard to shout them we out. Don't, we can't talk about uh, any current student. Right. Yeah. So, but if you know who you are, you know, you guys are all day one. You think cancel culture for that one. Yeah. It's, you guys are all day one kids for me. Um, and I, I think that we went and we struggled, but we were in the championship. We lost by three. I, I believe it was three, maybe five. But I just had that fire and that passion working with these kids, and, and it came natural. So when the Claremont Middle School team opened up about five years ago, uh, they were looking for a B-team coach. And I, I jumped in because I was gonna keep that same group of kids I had, five of them. You know, we throw in a couple of kids. One kid really like took to basketball, he took to dribbling, he took to all the drills that I gave him, and you know, he's a, he's a fantastic, phenomenal little player. Um, just gotta get healthy. That's yeah. all I hope. I wish he'd just be more healthy, but he's he's fantastic. He did everything I asked, and he dribbled every day, all the way through middle school, all the way through freshman, sophomore, and junior year. He still dribbles every day, and he works his mm-hmm. butt off. And I and I I'm always it's always love when we bump into each other, even at the rival school. So we I go to CMS and those relationships that you form. Like I have them with certain players that I and we're still friends now, and we still talk and even hang out you know like yeah, it's, it's, it's 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 a special thing you get from those line of work that you know it's i'm grateful for it's cool um it is we, cool we, let's let's bring this topic back to that so yeah. i'm over at claremont and our middle school team we just learned man to man four out one in i got one inbound play i stole from the greek olympic team <laughs> like that's how deep my basketball knowledge is i'm watching greek greece european yeah, basketball I got like, i'm a european coach um if, if you want to know my X's and O's, just go watch what they're doing in Europe. It's ahead right. of everything that you see in America. But um, we're we're over at CMS. We go like thirteen and nine. You yeah. know, we are four and four. People really questioning my mm. coaching ability. Parents really questioning what we're doing. We ended up playing the CMS A team, and that group of kids, I think, really thought they're going to blow out the B team. And mm-hmm. they came out with a lot of heart and passion, and they were competitive. And we only lost by three, but we led the game for about like, 28 minutes and 52 seconds. Like mm-hmm. we led that entire game, the 30 minute games, and we led that entire game. And then, mm-hmm. you know, some opportunities really opened up that came from my <coughs> coaching abilities mm-hmm. and the way that I can make kids really believe in themselves and just do things that, that are required and asked and just mm-hmm. get better. And I ended up at Fall Mountain. And uh, those have been a great four years. They've been up and down, but they, they're fantastic. And, you're talking about like relationships that you build mm-hmm. prior to coaching basketball. I, I would just work kids out at the at the court up at Barnes Park, mm-hmm. just give them some drills and things to do mm-hmm. that I picked up while I was at college. Nothing serious, but you know, kids like Parker Smith. I know you coached him in football. Yeah. He's doing fantastic. He's played college football. He's he's was working at some school now. Like yeah, he's working down in in Brooklyn, which yeah. is yeah, over at Bushwick, which is great. And he's inspiring those kids to do great things and I remember having good talks with him about getting out of Claremont and doing really well at college and he, he's a fantastic kid like I, I just try to link up with him when I get to New York City there's another kid from Claremont I used to teach uh, basketball with his name was Tariq great phenomenal kid and we still talk to this day like I'll go down to Harlem I'll go down to you know Rucker Park he's living right outside the polo grounds and we always connect and we're always talking I always make sure like kids are doing well and that, that they need anything they can reach out um especially after, after, after you gotta school. 
Because if you don't care about the the individual, they're not gonna listen to you. They're not gonna they're not gonna play hard for you. Like you have to care about the individual first, and you know show that you care in yeah. order to be able to push them hard. One of the greatest, it's just the way it is. One of the greatest coaching quotes I saw was from Brad <clears throat> Stevens, and he goes, "If you really want guys to to buy into you as a coach, rebound for them." Yeah, exactly. Like don't get stand up for them. Yeah, don't, don't get up. Tell them when they do wrong, but tell them when they do right. Like. You know, like, and and it's been fantastic because you know I've got these good relations and we I get to go to New York and I get to say what's up and see how they're doing and they're, they're living great lifestyles, um, fin- fantastic kids, great great young men now and they're really making a huge difference. Yeah, it makes you feel a, good in a big population like yeah. New York and you know to make sure that we're always connected and we're gonna always be universally linked. You look at those things and you're like, man, I help make a good good stride in these guys' lives when they mm-hmm. really needed it and when they needed advice. And, and while you're, you're a coach and you want to win games, of course, that's important, and you want to win championships, I did do I, – I was part of a championship team, and it was, like, one of the best great, – greatest days of my, my life, dude. I remember that day like it was yesterday. I remember what the weather was like. I remember things that I saw. I, like, it was a great day. Um, but the relationships that you form and the differences you make in lives, though – Right. That's really what it's about. Uh, at the end of the day, like, you know, I just graduated my first group of seniors and, you know, I've been there all four years. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really bittersweet because deep down, I, I, I really cried. I, I was crying in the locker room after our last game. We just, we beat Messenic. It was a fantastic game. Yeah. Beat Messenic. And I just started crying because that was like my first group. And to see him go out right. on a high note and just, you know, get through the struggles and just be really, really successful young mm-hmm. men. Like I know I've prepared them to be very good in college and if they ever needed anything, I'm right there for them. Absolutely. You know, I've told them letter of recommendations. I've done all these things for, for these kids and I'm always out trying to improve their lives. Anything I can do to help someone else. I mean, one of the biggest things that we talk about. <laughs> She's reminding me of something. And, you're, no one's in here, so like let's let's kind of like skew the illusion of uh, of the podcast. But Mimi came in here with a clipboard. Yeah. Well, she wanted to remind me that I coach unified track too. Oh yeah, because we run. That's huge. Yeah, it is huge. Hey, let's it, get into that. And it actually it okay. gives it gives those uh, children, you know, the, the ones that you yeah. you work with too. If there wasn't unified, they wouldn't be able to have the sports experience. So it's abs- yeah. it's it's absolutely like I love it. I absolutely love the content. Without, it's essential. It is. It's essential for them to learn skills. Yeah. Just, you know, not just like the sports skills, but like those relationship skills, the teamwork mm-hmm. skills. Skills that you learn in sports that you're not going to, you don't learn in other things. Believing in one another, mm-hmm. like all these Being a team. Things. And then I love the student support. You know, they could all come out and they get loud and they cheer everyone on. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a fantastic environment. Yeah, I got, I'm starting up my track team soon. I've got this, finally got a schedule. Awesome. <laughs> so, it's going to be fun. I think. Yeah, you can come down and help anytime. Absolutely. I'll, I'll come through. Let's, let's pivot first. Let's, one second. One okay. Second. Where were we? Oh, we were talking about like like building relationships and yeah. community and stuff. Yeah. Um, this, which is important and like, your community, to me, your community is the most important thing. Yeah. Like, if you don't have a strong community, nobody can do anything. Anything, you know, if you want to go, if you want to go, this is a quote from CM Punk, actually. Yeah, let's go. If you, if you, if you want to go, if you want to, you want to get something done now, go by yourself. But if you want to go far, go together. Because you need people, you need people around, you need people around you, and you need people 
in order to come in order to get anything done that involves um, that involves anything of importance. You need to have people together. Nobody can do it by themselves. And that sports, especially team sports like basketball and football and baseball and track too, some like that is. Is it a dog collar match? That's not going on now, is it? No, that's Layla Hirsch. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Just want to make this sure. Gonna, we, we'll, we'll get right into it. Um, <laughs> yeah. we'll, this interview is a little out there. I know there's a lot moving on. So we're talking yeah. about community, and, and it's yeah. much needed. The CM Punk quote's fantastic. Yeah. I think that guy's a phenomenal human being. He is phenomenal. Um, so, like, this season, I made it a point to really make teamwork a, a, a commodity. And the one thing that I really believe in as a as a – a philosophical view of mine yeah. that was the word I was grabbing for philosophical yeah, yeah. philosophical view of mine yeah. is it an African word called Ubuntu yeah so at Four Mountain we would break our we'd break all our huddles uh, Wildcats on three Ubuntu on six and Ubuntu just strictly means I am because we are I'm here because mm-hmm. we are here mm-hmm. like I'm sitting mm-hmm. in a in the world and I'm here physically, but I'm really here because we are all here. And we're all in this moment and we're here to help each other yeah. and hoist each other. We're up. in it together, dude. We're you in know, this together. Like you know, Ubuntu, it, Ubuntu is like, we're all here. I'm, I've got your back. He's yeah. got your back. We're yeah. all together. Yeah. And that's how like a lot of cultures out in like African societies is like running on Ubuntu and Nelson Mandela. Like those are principles that people need to lean on. I mean, I stole that philosophy a bit. Like I got a climbing club adventure and a guy said, Hey, climbing is all about trusting one another. Yeah. He, and he would preach Ubuntu for the three, the two days we did it. It was Ubuntu the whole time. And then he's like, I know you were a basketball coach, so you should kind of dig into Ubuntu. And then I started digging in a little bit. And, you know, I, I think the world of this phrase, and I know it's in South African principle, Nelson Mandela, like great leader, great human being in, in the entire world. And then I look up and I see that Doc Rivers used it to beat my Lakers. <laughs> and I was mad. I was like, but that's the great thing be, about sports, right? Yeah. yeah. You gotta be kidding me. Like I walk in. A, a wide range, a wide, that's a great thing. Another great, you, you, in sports, and this is also prepares you for life. You can experience the high of highs, but you can experience the low lows, and that they're both. You learn from both, right? So yeah. Doc Rivers used it every day in that, that yeah. Celtic team. That Celtic team was mean. That team was gritty. That team was, you know, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce. You got like three, three of the greatest players of all time, top one hundred players of all time, playing basketball at the highest level, and they end up beating Kobe and Paul. And Ubuntu was how they broke that huddle yeah. and how they believed in each other. Every day of practice, Ubuntu, Ubuntu, Ubuntu. And it's like, I am here because we are here. And it's just like, those are the things that people should really look into for philosophy because it's not all about winning and losing. It's all, it, or it's not all about winning I mean, it, and X's and O's. It's you important. Winning and losing is important and X's and O's is important. Like you need to, but, but it's not the only thing. Right. How can you bridge yeah. the gap and bring people together? Yes. Because ultimately, when you're coaching high school sports, you're going to have down years. You're going to have down years and you're going to have good years. But how can you keep those messages and that philosophy the same? Yeah. Because once you get total buy-in, there's a lot more good years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. I think that people will, under, will understand that the harder you put, the more time you put in, the more work you put in. You know, while everyone else isn't working and you're still working, yeah, good things Will, come. Will, Will Smith uh, said said this, you know, Will, the actor, he said, he's like, I'm not the most talented guy, but he said, 
But you know why I exceeded? He's like ridiculous, relentless work ethic. Right. Like when the other guy's sleeping, I'm working. When the other guy's eating, I'm working. Like just sickening. And that just work you, ethic. And that's it. For, and I will say for some for some people that are just gifted and talented, they don't have to work, work like hard. that. But for some people, in order to be able to be where you want to actually be in society, I'm one of those people. I have to work. I have to every work every, every much I can. Rents do it every day. I, yeah. don't, I don't care how talented you are. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you'll get to a point in life where all that hard work that you put in will outbeat the talent. Because rents do every day. You gotta put that time and that effort in. And you yeah. have to work your butt off. Like Malcolm Gladwell wrote that book, Ten Thousand, you know, Ten Thousand Hours. That principle, like you yeah. gotta put ten thousand hours in. Yo, if you start every day putting a half hour into something that you want to be really good at. Give you give it a year, two years, three years, four years, five years. You'll be the greatest doctor. You'll be the greatest lawyer. You'll be the greatest student. You'll be the greatest there's teacher. A lot of, there's you a lot put, of truth to that. Put ten thousand hours in yeah. on whatever you want to do. Yeah. Whether it's ten thousand hours reading books, you'll be great at mm. literature. You can definitely get really good. Um, I know. I want to introduce. Yeah, that you guy, go ahead. We have actually in the we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna room. Yeah, and, and pivot. Um, for those who don't know, I'm Craig Harlow. And I was actually born to a twin named Darren Harlow, and he's actually one of the brightest human beings in that I know. And Matt wants to talk about what's going on yeah. in the the political climate that we're living in. Just all um, of it. For those who don't know, I'm I'm a registered Democrat. However, I'm very progressive. Um, when Alexandria Ocasio Cortez decides to run for president, AOC <laughs> herself, I'll be out there campaigning in the streets. I hope the rest of you guys want change and progress and. You can come at me all you want about my political views because deep down we need some change, we need some progress. And we got Russia, Ukraine happening, and I want to bring in my brother, a great, great guy who understands politics much better than me. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a basketball coach deep down, but my brother's political views are, are fantastic. Let's do it. I want him to get right in with Matt. So this is your turn, Darren. Don't give me the accolades like that. I'm Darren Harlow, professional cynic. Um, it's professional cynic. Yes. Um, <laughs> Me too. Self-proclaimed nihilist, I guess, but political Great. thinker. You get me. But that's who I am. Yeah. Um, what do we want to talk so about? So let's just start let's just start with what's going on um, I mean in in Ukraine, because I've been watching it every free moment I have or even when I'm doing my work, I have it on in the background and um, it seems that from my standpoint, we are headed towards a autocracy versus democracy, like type of world war dynamic. In the fact that Russia wants to have its autonomy over its economy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, there's been a rise lately with like you see with like China, India, and mm -hmm. Russia. They want to complete. Um, having control of their own economy and not having to rely on the backs of America, mm -hmm. which honestly, I mean, I understand competition makes the best, you know, yeah. America can't be the leader for so long without it crumbling. And we've been running on the same political landscapes after World War Two. Mm -hmm. So like, where else is there to go? We're just keeping piggybacking on capitalism where it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And the thing in Ukraine, it goes further back to like, 2014. Yeah, they've been there like since 2014. Yeah, it's been a long halted thing, and um, not 
I don't know how much you know about it or like because I like got up to speed, but there's like a whole lot of other stuff that's that's there. So I know I know that first off, Russia's been trying to like is basically been holding Ukraine hostage from joining NATO or joining the European Union or doing any type of any type of pro democracy going act. to more being more um, liberal into the Western world. Yeah, exactly. And which is what they want to do. Which they want, and yeah. the story that's always been told is like it always goes back. It's Ukraine has an enormous oil underneath it, mm-hmm. and it needs extraction. So when we found that out. Mm-hmm. We uh, that's um, Shell went over and offered to mm-hmm. extract that oil because Ukraine was so impoverished that it didn't have the means to do that. Mm-hmm. But then Russia stepped in and was like, "Hey, listen, we can do that too." Mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> Russia not only not only like they have like and that would benefit Russian economy. Let alone like if if Russia does get control of like its um resources Mm -hmm. in in ukraine it's it changes the geopolitical landscape on europe Mm -hmm. of like europe could rely on russia now Mm -hmm. and we don't want that to happen as Mm -hmm. western society no let's pause for a second my 